In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. In today's uh, epistle, we hear the Apostle Paul talk about that all things are permissible for him, but not all things are profitable. And we're meant to get the sense of, of freedom that the Apostle Paul feels that he has. Uh, freedom in relation to the law, um, freedom in relationship to his conscious, consciousness and, and his own conscience. But he has the ability to do essentially whatever he wants. But then he mentions that he will never be brought under any of them. In other words, he will never allow this freedom to be taken away from him by becoming subject to his freedom, essentially. So the idea, I guess, to break it down in easy terms would be to say that Paul feels free to feast but he never wants to be beholden to his stomach. He doesn't want the passions of his stomach to push him around in slavery. Paul feels freedom in any number of areas, but he doesn't want to be pushed around by his passions. He has freedom to express healthy anger. He has freedom to mourn. He has freedom to be human, but he doesn't want to be overtaken by these so that instead of himself and Christ being in the driver's seat, the passions of his heart, the corrupted passions of his heart are instead in the driver's seat. We have an example of this in today's uh, parable that Jesus tells about the, the prodigal son. Now, of course, the purpose of the parable is that Jesus wants to paint, paint an image of our Heavenly Father. And the image he paints is that he is a loving Father who unequivocally accepts his Son uh, as soon as his Son repents and then brings him and restores him to the household without any shaming, without any complaining, but out of complete generosity and complete love, that's the general message of the parable, the prodigal son. The prodigal son is undeserving of this love, but nonetheless, we should examine what his, uh, whatever, what his sin was. That was, uh, uh, anyways, prodigality. can I actually say it? It's a pretty big word. He takes what is offered to him. He actually takes his inheritance early. And in doing so, when he takes his inheritance early, he essentially claims it as his, even though technically it's not yet to be his because his father is still living. So you hear the clingy selfishness of the act of this younger son. He then goes off into a land and lives in uh, essentially partying, doing whatever he can to have pleasure. The pleasures of food, the pleasures of sexuality, whatever pleasure of music, whatever pleasure you can imagine, he is sinking his inheritance into that. He's investing his inheritance 
in these pleasures that pay off short dividends, very quickly a payoff, but also fade quickly. And in his, <laughs> I can't say it, in his giving of himself to these things, he actually becomes overtaken by them. Overtaken so that he has to sell himself to the, to the people there. And he ends up working as a slave. So first of all, he, as he gives himself, he becomes a slave to his belly. And he fills it and fills it. He becomes a slave to his sexuality. And he fills it and he fills it. He becomes a slave to avoiding reality. As he drinks, as he entertains himself or is entertained, as he invests in those things, he becomes slaves to those things. But as the slavery settles in, he runs out of money because he's given away everything that he has. Not only what he has, but he's given away everything that was ever given to him. And he's invested it in a place that it shouldn't be invested. Because we don't want short-term rewards um, and then suffering. What we should strive for is eternal life. For a reward that actually lasts. An investment that actually pays us back rather than simply takes from us and empties us. So he finds himself desiring to eat pig food. And in his starvation, in his absolute destitution as he wallows with the swine, he wakes up and he realizes he's made a mistake. And thank God for that. We've already mentioned how the Father loves him and how the Father receives him back at the, even at the moment of repentance. How the Father is out wandering the fence, looking for a son, waiting for that day when he'll see him on the horizon. Because the Father is an image of God and God loves us and he is always waiting for us to turn. But we should contemplate in our own life how much we invest in things that don't actually pay off in the long term but seemingly pay off in the short term. Because as we invest in these things, we often will find ourselves empty and hungering for more and never able to get enough. And ultimately, this parable is a call to repentance. It is a call for us to not take all the gifts that God has given us and squander them on being worldly. Now, the word worldly probably needs a little bit of description, but we mentioned selfishness earlier. We mentioned uh, the world, the flesh, our own fleshliness, in other words, our own desire for food, our own desire for our, to fulfill our instinctual desires, our basis desires. And then, of course, the one who he ends up enslaved to is the devil. So when you hear the world... When you hear the word worldly, know that it is about being enslaved to the flesh, the devil, and the world, because that's the, the operation of the world is run by this basic premise, by these powers and principalities. 
as I was saying, we challenge ourselves to see what we're investing ourselves in. What are we seeking our time into? What are we seeking our money into? Where are our thoughts? Where is our heart? Where are we taking the God-given talents that he's given us and trying to invest them? Is it in something that is a short-term pleasure? Is it merely to feel like we have a good life? Or is it in something that will actually give us eternal life? That'll get us a sense of security? That'll give us a sense of being connected to Christ and growth in his kingdom? That's the challenge of today's parable and the challenge that I face and every one of us face as Christians. You know, thank God that God will always receive us back when we repent. But the last place we want to find ourselves is in the destitute starvation, which is both physical and spiritual. So if we stay at the Father's house, we have the ability to absorb His grace it's not a miserable life. There's still pleasure. There's still the joys of salvation. But nonetheless, if we don't run off to the pig pen and indulge ourselves, <coughs> we're much more likely to be healthy spiritually and find integration in Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. Amen.